Good day, everyone. Welcome to New Matter, the SLAS podcast where we interview life science luminaries. I'm your host today, Liz Frank, the SLAS program manager. Today, I've got the pleasure of chatting with Oksana Serenko. She is a senior scientist at Molecular Devices, and she was a speaker at our 2021 Building Biology in 3D Symposium this past fall. Really excited to have you on today, Oksana. Welcome. Hello, thank you so much for inviting me here. So I'm Oksana Sirenko. I'm senior scientist at Molecular Devices. And yes, I'm very proud to work at Molecular Devices, the company which creates instruments and methods to facilitate biological research. Lovely. All right. So I'm going to, you, you told us a little bit about what Molecular Devices does, and we'll go in more in depth into that in a bit. But do you think you could answer the SLAS challenge of describing your work at Molecular Devices in 10 words or less? Uh, so, well, it's facilitate biological research, creating new instruments and methods. All right. Nice job. That was pretty good. All right. Do you want to go a little bit more in depth about, you know, what it is you do and what, you know, molecular devices does in general for the audience in case they don't know? So molecular devices uh, has uh, been in a business for about 30 years and it started mostly creating plate readers, which uh, used for a variety of uh, biological assay from simple and uh, regular assay like uh, ELISA or ATP readouts to some more complex essays like uh, HTRF or alpha screen. Those plate readers uh, provide uh, tools for academic researchers in a small labs, big lab, and also in pharmaceutical companies for big screens. So uh, in addition to that, uh, molecular devices has a high and um, many years expertise in high content imaging, automated imaging, and uh, image analysis. So traditionally, molecular devices uh, created this instrument, which called Image Express Micro, which enables scientists to take uh, automated, automated images of cells and uh, different biological objects uh, automatically. So you set up the protocol, you put your cell plate there, and then instrument can automatically took images of those cells and with different magnification, different wavelengths, and provide scientists with um, information about those cells and cells model. So the important part here, so right now, uh, this instrument has been upgraded to more higher quality instrument, which does uh, more sophisticated things. For example, equipped with confocal option, so it can take uh, uh, multiple images in a Z-stack, so it can see through the volume of the objects, and especially it's important for looking at 3D objects and complex objects like spheroid, organoid, and organoid chip models. Uh, the most important thing actually is that it not only provides you high-quality imaging, but also provides you the tool to do sophisticated analysis of those images. So for example, if you look for some complicated uh, biological object like 3D organoid, it can provide you information like how many objects there and what are those size 
what's the density, what's the fluorescence signal in different channels, how many cells inside those objects, and what kind of cells are those? Are those live or dead, positive or negative for various markers? And also you can look through inside the cells. You can provide information about uh, organelles like nuclei. So you can define mitosis or uh, apoptosis. You can look at mitochondria and uh, give information about uh, state of mitochondria and oxidative status. Also, it can look at cytoskeleton, lipid particles, and many other objects. So the most uh, important thing here is that you... Uh, create very high quality images, but also provide scientists with information which can be used to understand biology and also get quantitative characteristics of effect of different compounds. So in addition to uh, plate readers and uh, uh, imaging, we also provide instrument for uh, cell line development. And we have uh, clone peaks and clone select, which uh, used in this space and allow scientists to pick clones or characterize those clones, which is uh, very essential for cell line development and antibody production. And uh, also traditionally molecular devices being active in a space of uh, neuroscience. Uh, so electrophysiology uh, instruments being kind of long legacy of molecular devices and also flipper instruments, which been around not the same instrument, but upgrade of the same instrument as long as 30 years and uh, been used in many companies for uh, uh, high throughput, uh, high content screening. That's a lot of really cool stuff that you guys are working on. I've got a bunch of questions kind of related. So you mentioned spheroids and many SLAS members use these in our studies, but spheroids are often composed of the complicated world of multiple cell types, like with tumor or stromal cells. So what are some of the challenges for imaging that you and your group were able to overcome for high throughput screening? So as you uh, um, absolutely right, so this is kind of new wave of um, screening and why it is important because it's been kind of shown that uh, 2D biology, which kind of happening on a, uh, on a dish, it's not always represent true complexity of biology. So it may not represent cancer, it may not represent cell migration or uh, a lot of other processes. That's why 3D biology is kind of gaining uh, track and there is um, a steep rise of publication and also research interest in 3D system. And those are spheroids, uh, 3D organoids or organ on a chip. And they all provide challenges that you cannot just um, get uh, image in one focus. So for that reason, you need to use a confocal microscopy. Uh, so for that, it's... Um, it, it provides, uh, so the tool which provides more clear imaging there, it's a spinning disc. So this is disc with the small holes, which kind of spinning during the acquisition, and they actually modify the light, the way that they reduce background uh, very dramatically from the uh, next layer. So if you kind of focus, let's say, in a, a first quarter of spheroid or in the middle of spheroid, so then, okay, if you 
use normal light, you would see a blur. You will see a blur, just a bright spot and no kind of cell resolution. But if you use confocal microscopy, it rejects background, rejects light provided by uh, different cells and you focus your uh, visual uh, your visual image on only that spot and that layer which you interested. So typically, the way to run this assay, you take this stack of images. Let's say you have spheroid or multiple organoids in matrigel. So you start from a bottle, bo bottom of the plate, and then you go up in increments. That increments could be bigger, like 10 microns or 15 microns, or smaller, like uh, 2 microns or 5 microns. So it depends on the researcher and what kind of size of objects they're looking at. Typically, uh, when we're uh, doing this research for screening, we use either 10x or 20x magnification, and we looking through, we, we, through the object up to 150 or 200 microns, and then we use increments like 8 to 10 microns apart. And then when you take this Z stack, it will be like total like 20 or 30 uh, different um, images. So you have two options. You either use projection image, so you compress all these images to one, and then you can see it's kind of very pretty images, some of those kind of you can find on our website. So basically you get a 2D image from a 3D object. Or you can actually analyze these images separately, or you can actually use rendering of done by software, and you can have rotation of the object in 3D space, and you can see it from different angles, from different sides, and kind of gives you perception. So we also have uh, on our website some fascinated imaging uh, from uh, Mimitas plates and kind of um, knee right outgrowth or sprouting of blood vessels into the tumors. So this all complexity you can see in 3D. And again, most important, not only images, but information which you get. So by using 3D imaging, kind of you want to use tools of 3D analysis. And so 3D analysis uh, provides you ability to either uh, find 3D objects right away. For example, it can find cells or organoids right away in 3D space and count them and provide you the volume. Or it can analyze each of these levels separately and then uh, you say, okay, you consider one object if it shifts not more than five micron and its cell it counts it as one cell or one mitochondria or single object. And so you then get in 3D space. I have so many organoids. I have, uh, those are the volumes or brightness of those organoids. And each organoid has that many cells. And this is a number and percentage of life and death cells or differentiated or undifferentiated. So this is the sprouts and this is the length of the archaeogenic sprouts and this is how many cells inside of each sprouts and how it depends over time, how it changes over time or as an effect of different compounds. So this is very valuable information. That's really cool. We're going to make sure to link to those images that you had referred to so that people can see them in the podcast description. 
kind of picking up something you mentioned for a spinning disc. Um, it's really cool how you're able to ignore li- ignore light from planes which aren't of interest. But in Matrigel, can you talk a little bit about how that is or isn't a great substitute for the physiological solutions which these cells normally live in? So Matrigel is one of the most commonly used tools uh, for 3D biology because yeah, you cannot put cells in 3D just on a plate because it will stick to the bottom. So you need to put it either on Matrigel or into low attachment plate, which allows cells to stick to each other and interact with each other rather than a surface of the plate. And Matrigel is actually, it's not only uh, provides support for this 3D structure, but also provides nutrient for for growing cells or growing sprouts or neurons. Uh, So, but because uh, it has some limitations, of course, it's kind of uh, provide right elements of the matrix, but uh, uh, like a a matrix of, uh, let's say, human tissues could be different from this uh, matrix gel. So, for example, a lot of um, matrices um, uh, include uh, fat cells, and this is not included into Matrigel. So there are some more advanced models using uh, like uh, some composites which are kind of uh, present in a natural tissue. And another direction is to actually simplify uh, the composition of Matrigel and use other uh, like polymers which would hold uh, cells um, kind of together, but they wouldn't provide interference with that uh, biology they want to, uh, scientists want to study. So there are different directions how to approach it. Yes, actually, we do have some interest in this um, uh, development, but our main focus is instruments. And kind of be happy to say that uh, different composition, whether it's hydrogel, whether it's uh, uh, some primary matrix, or whether it's you know just um, uh, gel, which everybody uses, it works very well with our instruments because it's kind of it's transparent. Usually, it's kind of um, allows um, uh, images uh, to just see through that matrigel and see different objects in a volume. Well, that's really cool. That makes sense since you're concerned with the projections of these spells, especially in you know the 3D space to maintain what is great for the particular cell type. Kind of going back to something you had mentioned much earlier in your description about what molecular devices does. Um, can you tell us about a moment when your team had to absolutely collaborate with another technology track, perhaps in the 3D biology systems that you had mentioned or organ on a chip? Uh, precisely. So uh, we are very kind of fortunate and very happy to collaborate with other companies, especially the ones who provide cutting edge technology and uh, some other kind of tools to facilitate biology and increase the complexity of biological research. So among those, um, our kind of more uh, 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 older collaborators like uh, Cellular Dynamics or now Fujifilms, so we collaborated in space of um, uh, stem cells and using stem cell derived cells to actually to have um, uh, com- complex assays for neurogenesis, neurotoxicity, for cardiac toxicity, and um, doing kind of function developing uh, functional cardiac 
cardiac research or liver toxicity. And uh, more recent collaborators uh, uh, like Mimitas, uh, so they provide really fascinating technologies, this organ and chip where you can uh, combine uh, different cells uh, in a matrix where you can actually create a mimic of blood flow by uh, creating this gravity flow. And this is uh, kind of, we work with them on multiple um, uh, models, uh, kind of uh, included, but not limited to uh, like uh, 3D neurogenesis or angiogenesis or uh, uh, cell migration. And we were happy to actually combine our expertise and our um, kind of um, uh, knowledge to actually they create a model which is very complex and kind of very complex to get number out of this model and we provide tools where you can image it efficiently and you can analyze it efficiently for example you have angiogenesis and then you can count uh, like how long those sprouts how many kind of um, uh, how sick they are, how many cells they have, and how they change as an influence of different, uh, let's say, anti-cancer or anti-angiogenic compounds. So this is really fascinating work, and now we kind of on a new level uh, collaborating with Mimitas because we're uh, trying to do more in the area, not only high-content imaging, but also assay optimization. And another company I wanted to mention is stem cell technology. Uh, they uh, doing fascinating job about um, kind of developing um, methods, like standard methods for different very, very complex workflows. Uh, like um, uh, before uh, they were in a business, it's only like a very high qualified people could kind of do, let's say, brain organoids, or they can do like intestinal organoids. It was cutting edge of uh, uh, scientific work. But right now they provide kit. You just get a kit and you can do your research even without previous experience. So we collaborate with this company as well for their technology and their expertise in 3D biology. That's awesome. So for the analysis protocols, have you found times when other companies have reached out specifically to use your high content automation? So actually it was like Mimitas was uh, one of our partners who kind of was interested in um, uh, kind of develop, developing methods which would help um, um, uh, which would help um, uh, customers to to get uh, better results, but also uh, like uh, cellular dynamics. We get together about like because they wanted to have more information and more com complexity of research, and also we collaborate with Beckman right now in uh, developing of automated protocols for cell biology and actually more specifically 3D biology. Yes. Right. Okay, awesome. So we're running a little short on time. So I'm going to kind of ask some of my wrap up questions. One is, we've talked a lot about molecular devices, but I'm kind of curious, you're a senior scientist there. So, you know, one of the things I always like to ask our scientists is, was there anything, you know, in, in the recent past, you know, maybe within the last year that you or your team did or developed or discovered that just made you all want to just scream hooray? You know, was there just like this woohoo moment that, 
you know, you were so excited about about happening and that you wanted to share? Yes, absolutely. So I would like actually highlight two moments. One was actually about like three to five years ago when we work on development of functional assays to do to look for cardiac or neuronal toxicity. And we collaborate with other companies like this Fujifilm or another company like Stemonics who provide micro hearts or micro brains and help us to grow those. And we develop method where you can actually screen it in a high throughput format. And you can do like you use calcium dyes to look at calcium fluxes and patterns, which correlates with functional activity, with cardiac activity or neuronal activity. And it was very fascinating. So you can actually screen compound library and get all variety of uh, shapes and patterns. And you get software, which gives you precise measurements from those patterns and can allow you to uh, spot the um, um, cardiotoxic or neurotoxic compound. That was one of this aha moment, which uh, kind of this SH really fascinating. And another was actually uh, second half of this year. So we were working on different uh, uh, 3D biology um, models like intestinal organoids, brain organoids, or lung organoids. And we get uh, this uh, organoid innovation center in molecular devices. So we get not only our instruments, we get equipment from other companies. We get uh, uh, Beckman Biomech liquid handler. We get automated incubator. We get um, a collaborative robot and a software which brings all of it together. So now we can actually culture cells um, and 3D kind of um, uh, models, not just simple cells. And this robot would take it from incubator and put into liquid handler and you can feed your cells or your kind of models and you can actually place these matrix gel domes very precisely and you can passage them and you can actually monitor what's happening because in between of these uh, manipulations, it will put it on imaging instrument and take images and then you can apply a program which would do image analysis using machine learning. So this is all fascinated. So we're looking forward to kind of close this loop so this all can run automatically. So this is actually something we couldn't present at SLAS. Oh, that's so cool. I can't wait. So are you going to present about it at SLAS 2022? Yes. Okay. Well, we can't wait to see you there. It is really cool because, you know, SLAS is the world of automation and robotics for labs. So you tying in AI is so very significant for, you know, our audience and our world. I guess I'm just going to wrap it up by asking, you know, whether there's anything particular that you want to share with the audience that I haven't already asked you about or anything new coming down the pipe for molecular devices or for you in particular that you want to share. So kind of my new challenge for new year is kind of work more on automation and more sophisticated analysis, including this AI approach, machine learning approach for image analysis. So this is something developing really 
rapidly and I'm looking forward we will get some breakthrough results pretty soon and I'm very grateful to our collaborators who actually uh, work with us to uh, provide us with other tools which um, uh, which help our customers to actually facilitate their research and succeed in their research. Awesome, fabulous. Well, you heard her audience. She is going to um, be at SLAS 2022, our international conference and exhibition um, presenting on uh, this work. Um, and she's super enthusiastic, which is amazing. I always love interviewing you guys when you're just so passionate about your work because it really comes through. And I think it'll get more people impassioned on the topics themselves. So make sure to go check out Oksana's talk. I, I'm sure Molecular Devices is going to have a booth at the conference. So check them out as well. And thank you, Oksana, again, for presenting at both our Building in Biology and 3D Symposium this year and at SLA's 2022 next year. We were so glad to have you on to kind of preview what you're going to talk about um, just in a couple of months. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. It's uh, been a great fun and great pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you.